This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hi there, you're listening to More Than Potential, the podcast. I want to talk about something that I've seen circulate on social media. And I I just, I need to just, I just need to talk about this. This is getting on my nerves. So <laughs> we need to talk about WAP. WAP, 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 wet ass pussy. Yeah, WAP. We need to talk about it because it's, I just have conflicting ideas about this because I know that, you know, everyone has an opinion. Some people's opinions are louder than others. I'm looking at you, Candace Owens, but I want to talk about it because the opinions are kind of crowding out the voices of black women. Like everybody got something to say, but we don't really listen to regular black women about how they feel. Um, about, uh, you know, songs like What Ass Pussy or the latest Grammys performance between with Cardi B and uh, Megan Thee Stallion. I think it's important to actually listen to regular black people to get their views and a perspective. Because if you listen to the, you know, the blue Twitter um, users, the blue check Twitter users and Fox News, it gives you like a weird false idea of what's actually happening. Like, I know I can't speak for all black women, but I do think that there are black women online who would agree with me when I talk about why I think that, you know, the industry is harming black women more than it's helping them. And I don't think that just having a black face is necessarily the most revolutionary thing. So just because it comes from a black person does not mean that it's really uplifting and promoting something that black people actually want. But in case you don't know the context of this, let me start out by saying this. Um, the Grammys, that, you know, the Grammys award show that most of the time people don't watch happened within the past few days. And so, of course, artists perform their top hits. And one of those hits, one of those like, very popular songs that was performed was What Ass Pussy by Cardi B featuring Megan Thee Stallion. So if you haven't seen it, you know, I'm pretty sure there's clips on YouTube, but basically, you know, they were dancing and performing and there was one scene where basically there's like a huge stripper heel and the heel of the shoe was a stripper pole and Cardi B was like, you know, working the pole. Um, of course, you know, there was some public outcry and backlash about this performance. You know, there were definitely people who were upset and did not like the performance. And as you know, of course, uh, Candace Owens was pretty vocal online about how she felt about the performance. And I'm going to try and play a clip for you in a moment. But essentially, Candace Owens and Cardi B got into it. They went back and forth about the nature of the performance. And so that was interesting. So I'm going to let you guys hear what exactly it was that she said. Any words about it? 
They call this great. They say this is fabulous, that this is this is the stuff that children should be aspiring towards. So at the same time, Tucker, that we have kids that are not learning hard academics anymore in school, right? Forget about mathematics and science. You can trust the science and trust Dr. Fauci. But you have these kids learning about critical race theory. You know, they're learning that they should aspire to people like Cardi B. You, you see that fundamentally we are seeing the destruction of American values, American principles. And it's terrifying. I think parents should be terrified that this is the direction that our society is heading towards. And again, we are weakening America. That's, that's really what we should be talking about. This is a weakening of American society. We are setting the stage and it feels like we are looking at corrosion, like we are about to see the end of an empire. America cannot survive. It cannot be sustained under these sorts of values and principles. So yeah, that's what they said. Now, I gotta be honest, I don't particularly enjoy the fact that there are some, you know, media outlets that are predominantly white and white owned that are seizing this opportunity to report on a Twitter beef between two women of color. I find that to be very inappropriate, but that's besides the point. What I want to talk about, though, generally speaking, is WAP itself and why I feel so many um, Black women are uncomfortable with the way that we're being portrayed and presented. And I want to be clear about something. I don't think that Cardi B is the beginning of this. Like, it would be really wrong to suggest that Cardi B herself is the cause of all of this, you know, this, this, uh, I guess I should say, the the fascination with uh, black women and their sexuality. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, I don't believe that Cardi B is the, the start of this. Neither is Megan Thee Stallion. And so I want to be careful to not imply that they are because they're not, you know, this has existed far before, you know, any of this stuff with Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion even happened. But I think though, that more broadly speaking, I find it a little bit upsetting that, you know, someone like Megan Thee Stallion that we all like has become the newest face of this because we all had like really high hopes for her. And to see that she's basically becoming just another another like industry puppet is really disconcerting. So just to be clear, I'm not saying that this is specifically Megan Thee Stallion or Cardi B's fault. They are just the latest of people to do this. I'm talking about more broadly speaking, the problems that I have, and I'm just using WAP as an example. So let me pull up the lyrics for Wet Ass Pussy real quick. So I want you guys to see exactly what I'm talking about and why it's so problematic. Because at some point, it, it gets to the point where it becomes really tiring. Like it, it's, I get tired talking about it. I get tired getting inundated with, hypersexuality, especially as it pertains to black women, because we get shown as literally nothing else. So let's look at the lyrics. So it starts out with a sample from a song that I had never heard before. And the sample says, whores in this house, there's some whores in this house. Now, everyone has a different boundary, right? If you are being called a whore, some people are fine with that. I'm not. I am fine with being called, you know, bitch, because in some contexts it can be considered like friendly, but in this context, you know, I, I just don't want to be called a whore. I don't even think in any context I would prefer that. So I was already a little bit offended because I was like, oh, this is a bit much. It's a bit heavy handed. So anyway, the song goes on to talk, you know, this is basically Cardi B talking about, you know, having good sex with a man and 
swiping his nose like a credit card. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's 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 her provocative provocative. And then there was a part that kind of made me take a pause where she says, I don't cook, I don't clean, but let me tell you how I got this ring. Now I gotta pause here for a moment because just for me personally, I do find it weird that we're supposed to be talking about female empowerment. And what you say is, this is how I got this person to marry me. That comes across as, I don't want to say pick me because I kind of hate that term, but I think that it comes across as like saying, this is what you do to get men to validate you by giving you commitment. And we all know that having sex with men is not a way to get him to do anything for you. So the fact that she said this, like people are not going to look at her critically for saying this because they want to see her as a feminist icon. Not sure why, but that's what they're portraying her as. So no one's going to look at her lyrics critically and be like, I don't know how this, I don't know if the, the overall effect is really empowerment. Um, so yeah, some of these lyrics are a bit extra for me. Like, I think when you look at Megan's lyrics, one thing that I've noticed with Megan is that sometimes, well, yeah, sometimes it can come across as a little bit. How should I say when, when you're talking about sex and it's supposed to be from a woman's perspective and you're talking about getting gagged and choked, that's a problem for me. Actually, I take that back. I think this, I think that specific lyric is Cardi B. So there's a lyric when that says gagging and choking. So let me, let me read the lyric. He got a beard. Well, I'm trying to wet it. I let him taste it, taste it. Now he's diabetic. I don't want to spit. I want to gulp. I want to gag. I want to choke. I want you to touch that thing that swings in the back of my throat. So what I've noticed, it is a common theme with some of her stuff. I feel like whenever we talk about sex from a female perspective, everyone has different preferences, but I do feel like it's a bit uncomfortable for me that we're already there Cardi B and Megan already have a more sexually aggressive tone with with which they discuss their sexual endeavors but when we start putting in some more graphic imagery of people hitting you slapping you gag making you gag and choking you and stuff that makes me feel uncomfortable because I have to be honest what it does is it kind of creates this sort of narrative or feeds into it that black women want disgusting violent even things done to them. And like, I'm not trying to kink shame. If you like for people to, you know, make you gag and choke and all this other stuff, that's fine. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But I think a bigger picture here, what is it, what does it say when black women are only seen in R&B and hip hop? Like we're never seen in, 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 in pop music or in, in, you know, in rock music or EDM. So when we are mainly seen in, 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 in R&B and rap music, and when we talk about sex in a way that's like, graphic and explicit and kind of has a more violent component it makes me take a pause like why is it that when we you know we talk about sex it has to go down this route and people like to think about this uncritically because they're saying well it's coming from women but I'm like y'all gotta remember Cardi B don't write her own shit a lot of times usually it's not just Cardi B in the room it's Cardi B and like a bunch of other people usually men so when we're talking about how these songs come to fruition, we can't look at this as a, as a vacuum. Cardi B is a product. She's a, she's a, 
a mainstream artist with mainstream artist resources. So PR and and groups of people writing music. So no, I don't think it's really fair to say that this is coming from Cardi B directly because there's plenty of times where it's not. And if it's if it's men helping her write these lyrics, I, I'm afraid that affects her artistic voice because it changes the context from which she's trying to, to express this song. If you're trying to make, you know, WAP some sort of female empowerment song, it should come from groups of women talking about sexual experiences from their perspective. But when you look at this, it doesn't even seem like some of these songs like WAP are even coming from women. They're coming from groups of men and her. So it kind of dilutes her own voice. But, you know, that's just the song itself, right? I mean, like I said before, I did have a problem with being called a whore. I didn't particularly like that. I did not enjoy some of the more gagging and choking and, and stuff. I don't really like that because, you know, I know I know you guys are going to say this is me nitpicking, but this is a larger issue that I've seen with female rap recently. The more violent graphic depictions of sex that are so gratuitous that I'm like what was the point of this it just comes across as verbal porn and less about like expressing desire you know and but anyway some people will say I'm nitpicking but I'm just got to be honest like there's a reason why it wasn't a particular fan of the song and I think that it it kind of pushes people towards a wrong type of of empowerment but let's talk about the the Grammys performance and the outrage behind it because I think that of course when you have conservatives who are outraged about, you know, about performances like this. It's it's always because they don't like the way the country is heading. They always make some grandiose statement about the end of society, the end of American values and blah, 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 blah. They always do this. It's like rinse, wash, repeat for them. Like they always go to such extremes and make it seem like American society is going to fail just because a rapper twerks on stage. Like they always do the most. So, you know, we, we got to know who, you know, what point they're coming from just in, just in general, because they always make these grandiose claims. But I would like to say that, you know, besides the concerted response for this, which is pretty typical, I think what's important is that it's always black women that are singled out. Like whenever we have these conversations about the end of American society and, you know, moral decline. It's always black women that are at the face of this. And is that something that is coincidental? I don't think it is. Now, granted, we can make an argument that it's mainly black women that are in hip hop. So if there's a woman, it's going to be a woman. It's going to be a black woman, right? Black, like hip hop is a male sport in general, specifically for black men. But if there are women in hip hop, it's typically black women, right? So Naturally, you know, we're going to, if we're talking about rap music, you know, it's obviously going to be black people, specifically black women. Right. But broader speaking, I think it's weird how we kind of pick and choose what we want to highlight. And I guess maybe society has a fascination with black female sexuality, which we can talk about. We'll talk about that in a minute. So perhaps, perhaps it's just because generally speaking, um, when we talk about cultural influences that push the needle or push the envelope, it does seem to be that, you know, rap artists do that more frequently or do it more effectively because they get the attention of everyone in the country and get the attention of the media effectively. That maybe rock artists don't really have the same um, attention grabbing effect, right? WAP was like a whole dance challenge on TikTok. So very clearly this song went viral and it had impact on culture. 
So I don't know, maybe you can make the argument that really is just because hip hop artists are just doing better, a better job at impacting culture and pushing the needle. So I don't know. But generally speaking, I do think that it makes me uncomfortable that black women, their face is always at the front of this. Like we are always the ones that are the face of moral decline in the United States and what that really says. Because rap, male rappers talk about hip, like talk about sex and all this stuff all the time. And they can be even more graphic than the women. But are they the face of moral decline? I don't think so. Whenever we have these arguments, it's always women. And women talking about their sexuality that really threatens people. And it's what brings out the worst in people, specifically conservatives, because they become bullies, essentially. So, you know, generally speaking, I do find it weird that of all the male rappers that rap heinous things about women, it seems like we only seem to have the energy for the women themselves when the women take on the same energy. So, and I do think it makes me uncomfortable to see Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B put in that position to be always on the defense against like rabid conservatives on Fox News, right? It does make me uncomfortable because I don't believe that, you know, I'm a, a special snowflake. Like when conservatives are having, you know, this this outrage for things like this and they see Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B as a stand-in for a lot of black women, you know, they'll ignore it, they'll deny it, but they do. So when we constantly see black women's faces as like, this is the sign of moral decline, it kind of reminds me of even when it comes to social justice movements, how black women are always put at the face of those movements and what that really says for why people believe there's a moral decline, there's a turn to, to socialism or whatever in the United States. It's always black women being pushed as the ones who were leading the charge. And like, I, I don't know how I feel about that. I think it's, it's not a coincidence. And I think actually it could, what it could potentially do is make us the targets of more um, political violence, actually. So that's something to consider. But I guess that'll be another that's a, that'll be another episode. But anyway, when it comes to, you know, you know, black female sexuality, the mere fact that black female sexuality is what is shown as the the, the sign or the symptom of world declines is a lot. Like, you know, like I said before, I personally have a problem with black female sexuality being framed like this. Because I understand that we don't live in a vacuum. So people can make whatever music they want to make. But when the song has massive impacts on culture, there has to come a point where we stop and say, how is this impacting culture? How is this helping Black women? Right? If we know that, you know, Black women are stereotyped as loud and aggressive and sexually, like, explicit, you know, we're, we're that Jezebel archetype or that Jezebel stereotype. How does it help move black women forward and, and, and humanize us to, to constantly play into this? And what does it say that, you know, labels push this because they know they can make money from it, from it. They know they can profit from showing black women being degraded and debased and, you know, using that Jezebel archetype for money. You know, I don't really even necessarily blame Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B for 100% of their choices because I do know it's what the label is forcing them to do. And these people typically have to make up the money that the art that the labels give them to produce their projects. So they got to make money because they got they got they got bills to pay. Right. So they are, some of them are in debt. But generally speaking, I do find it weird that there seems to be a more exploitative aspect to this. Like when I watched the Grammys and I saw how Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B were grinding on top of each other or whatever else, 
I guess it's weird because maybe if it was a traditional Grammys situation, I wouldn't really have noticed it. But because they were on stage and there was no one there, it really signaled to me that this is exploitative. Like there is no audience. There's just a, a group of men recording and filming and directing this. It felt exploitative to watch them grind on top of each other and do this stuff. It felt like, would they really do this if they were given a different option? We got to discuss like, how is it natural for all these black women in hip hop to all choose the same route? Is that really their natural choice to, to frame their own sexuality as something that's like a sensation? It, it's almost become a caricature. It's a caricature of black female sexuality. Be this hyper aggressive and hypersexual and, and explicit. Like it feels very grimy. So when I watched it, I couldn't help but feel like this is what exploitation is. You know, exploitation, we think it's like always about forcing people to do something, but exploitation is so dangerous because it's manipulation, it's coercion. You know, um, the idea, it's like what sex traffickers use. They'll they'll manipulate and coerce you into, into going to them willingly. And so what I see is a lot of that exploitative mindset in the industry as well, which is why I hate using the pimp whore allegory, but it kind of makes sense because of the, the, the sort of manipulation tactics that sex traffickers use, where it's like coercion almost like they want you to go willingly because then they don't have to fight. You don't, they don't have to fight you. They don't do anything. They just coerce you and manipulate you. So you go willingly. And so what I see is that in a lot of ways, these black women are participating in this system and they're being pimped out by the industry. They're being pimped out by these, these labels to do their bidding. And I don't even know if these women really want to do it. And maybe they want to do it, but do they really want to do it so often? You know what I mean? And they're trying to spin this as empowerment, but I can't help but feel like there's no real empowerment in watching when black women become caricatures of themselves. Watching them grind on each other and do some of these moves. It felt so inorganic. It felt so unnatural to me. And I think because there was no live studio audience, I think maybe it was the first time that I realized just how much a performance all this really is. It's all a performance. These women are actors. They're paid to, to put on a show for us. And this is the show that they were told to put on. Um, and I think that seeing this kind of really made it click for me. Like, this is not okay. This is not normal. And I've actually seen black women speak out on this saying that they, it didn't feel normal to them either. Like, it just feels gross. It feels gross. It doesn't feel like this is what Megan Thee Stallion would really choose to do for herself. And if she would, maybe she wouldn't do it so frequently. Maybe it'd be more of a well-rounded situation. But it just feels a lot more like nah it's like her label telling her to do this stuff it's it's all for like getting clicks and for getting attention and to to build notoriety and less on making these women be more human or feel more human and part of that I think is allowing for them to show more vulnerability I think the fact that you know female sexuality as it pertains to black women is all braggadocious all bravado all being super tough and acting like a pimp as Megan will put it. Cause she literally talks like a pimp. Like she, she's very proud of this for some reason. Um, I think what's missing is the, the vulnerability aspect. Like I, I wish I could see more of that vulnerability when it comes to sexuality and the way that we're framed, because right now all it's giving me is black girls like rough sex. All it's giving me is 
we are only capable of imagining sexuality as it benefits the black male gaze specifically, you know? And what I mean by this is that I feel like in a lot of ways, when these women are doing this stuff, it feels like, I don't know who it's for. Like, is it for their black female audience? Can't tell, you know? And I gotta be honest, like if the majority of the people who are listening to your music are black women, but I cannot tell because all of your music seems to center men and what they got going on, that's a problem for me. You know, like that's a real problem. Like I, for one, find it problematic that when I look at the average guy's music video with the video vixens twerking and stuff and what Cardi B puts out, they're very similar. And it's to the point where you have to ask, like, why is it that these people can only imagine a scenario where um, if women are empowered, it still pleases men? Like, the female empowerment should really be from the female lens, meaning the way these vid music videos are shot and directed and the way we talk about sex. Like, it doesn't have to take on this very hyper-masculine, male-dominating way of speaking about it. Because I don't know if most Black women can relate to that. I don't know. Like, I have a hard time believing that most Black women can relate to feeling like they want to talk like a pimp and pimp dudes out for whatever. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe you can make, maybe you might have a point if you're talking about getting Birkin bags from men because all women want to feel desired and all women like um, material items or material goods. So maybe you might have a point with that. But like, to sit here and say that all Black women prefer to be talked to like this is a reach for me. It, it really is a reach. Um, and so I kind of, plays into the sort of cartoonish way that we see black women um, just in general. Like when people think about how black women are represented in media, specifically younger black women, like the reason why I'm speaking about this and I, I feel like it's so important is because Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion are in their 20s. We don't typically get to see black women who are younger, on, you know, especially not on TV, not black women who look like them. So I think that like it's even more important to to have that conversation about how we represent black women and what that looks like because every black woman is not going to be make me feel seen like i don't expect every black woman to to represent me but i do think that if all black women should be represented then we need to look at what that representation looks like and why it is that it's dominated by only one archetype like it it becomes a cartoonish aspect because when people think about black women, especially when they're younger, they're going to think about Megan Thee Stallion. They're going to think about, you know, black girls who are party girls having fun, who twerk all the time, have long weave and nails and lashes. Like that's what they think of when they think of black women. And there's nothing wrong with that. But like that is not every black woman's situation, nor is that what every black woman aspires to. You know, it, it's very much so about the black male gaze, like a lot of this emphasis on the way the women dress and how they act and even down to like how we look at their body. Like I will have a hard time feeling like we really see black, like black women, like Megan Thee Stallion as real human beings, because even the way that we talk about Megan Thee Stallion and we talk about her body, it's very much like, uh, we, how do I describe it? Like people fetishize her body. They do like they look at a black woman with big breasts and a big butt and they feel aroused. So they just kind of make that all she is, if that makes sense. And I hate to put it that way, but that's kind of how it comes across to me. It's kind of how it comes across. And it's like the the hyper emphasis on, on the twerking. Like at first the twerking was funny. It was cute. But now it's starting to feel weird to me, especially when you pair that with how like these guys 
will simultaneously praise her for the twerking and lust after her. But then when she gets shot by Tory Lanez, she's demonized and shamed for it. And she's basically blamed for what happened to her because, well, she's just a hoe. She belongs to the streets. You said you were about that street life. And I'm like, when did Megan maybe never say? Megan is not about that street life. She's not dealing dope. But once again, like, it's this idea that Black women aren't real human beings. And so I think that even the way that we represent ourselves and the way we show up matters because I truly believe that some men were going to be misogynistic no matter what she did. But there comes a point where it's like, even your image of this braggadocious, fierce Black woman who don't take no shit from no man. Um, and even the way that I've seen in Megan in the interview in interviews talk about how she wants to be like a female pimp, how that makes me uncomfortable. Like, Y'all see what I'm saying? Because like, I don't think, like, I think she was trying to say that to show that she used to listen to a lot of rap music when, her, when she was younger and she really relates to rap music in the 90s, like the golden era of rap. But what that came across like to me is internalized misogyny and very much like she internalized some of this messaging and then just decided to be that with the female version. And that is not liberation to me. That feels more like a poor imitation. Um, and so, yeah, I think that like, despite her talent, what ended up happening was that she tried to be this like female pimp and braggadocious, always talking about sex and trying to be as graphic as the men were trying to go toe to toe with them. But all it felt like to me was this is the same type of like fetishization that we were trying to go, get away from. Like we were trying to get away from this and you're just bringing us back to that. And it's, I mean, granted it's popular. It's, it's palatable for most like that's what they want when they want black women that's what they want to see right and that's the problem to me that's inherently the problem like when people want some braggadocious sassy queen shit they want a girl twerking they know who to get they know who to call but any other time they can't find us that to me that's problematic I, I gotta be honest it's problematic even the way that women talk about sex in the rap industry is problematic to me um that's not every woman but the, the mainstream ones it, it's problematic like they took on a very male tone to talk about even themselves and it just feels very it feels weird y'all know what I'm saying hopefully y'all understand what I'm talking about because sometimes I feel like when I say this stuff people not really getting what I'm saying and they think I'm a hater and I'm not hating on Megan Thee Stallion I'm not hating on Cardi B I just feel like the problem with internalized misogyny is you be thinking you're revolutionary but you're duplicating the same types of oppression just coming from women not men and I don't think that's really liberating um that being said, if I were to think about artists that I enjoy who kind of do a little bit to usurp this, I think SZA does a good job because SZA is still sexy. She still talks about sex, but it comes from a more female perspective. Like even when you think about how popular her breakout album Control was, it made women feel seen. And it was not something that men romanticized because it had nothing to do with them and everything to do with women. The way she talks about sex, the way that she articulates her feelings, the vulnerability, I think that comes through her music is something that women can relate to, especially in their 20s. And I wish we got more of that and less of the braggadociousness, the bravado, the whatever, because it doesn't come across as genuine. It, it comes across as like, a product, like a manufactured product specifically sold to black women. Um, so yeah, I, I think that like, this is an example of something that's a little bit different um, that can kind of be considered something a, to me, at least a bit more realistic. And I think that that's why I like SZA because I think that she gives us something a little bit different. It's a little bit, it's like refreshing. It's refreshing to see that. Um, and so I think that, you know, the, 
the sort of weariness that black women are experiencing when it comes to female rap right now is because we're inundated with so much hypersexualization and we are the victims of such violence in our lives personally that it comes it, it starts to come across as more trauma than actual like enjoyment and freedom and liberation you know what i'm saying it comes across more like we are just really traumatized people and the only way we know how to talk about sex is as a product of our suppression or even our domination like the way that we're being dominated by people of the other sex um, by, uh, by, by men, essentially, the way that we're being dominated by men and we're being dominated by society and the stereotypes that are put on us. I feel like the trauma from that is what we're living out all the time and less the celebration of our sexuality. If I were to think about someone I think kind of shows a different side of Black female sexuality from our perspective, I think Janelle Monet is a good example of a Black woman who does not shy away from sex. She talks about sex. It's not an issue, but she like portrays it in a way that feels like realistic and very human. Like it's very much like when Janelle Monae portrays sexuality, it's not centered on men, largely because she's queer. I think that has something to do with it, but also I think like not centering it on men makes it harder for men to really try to sell her as something specific like they can't sell her as a product so people have no choice but default to the music because the music is where she speaks to women directly and I think that that is very freeing I think that's very liberating I think that decentering men from how we view ourselves and our sexuality even if you are straight means a lot um now, I don't know how straight women are going to do that just because a lot of straight women are attracted to men. But I think the fact that so many of you guys are attracted to straight men means that you tend to center everything about your person around desirability and being appealing. Even when you're talking about sex, it feels like you're talking about sex to be desirable to men and less about what you're really wanting and needing. And sometimes we take things at face value because we're like, ooh, women are talking about sex too bow women can talk about sex and it's like yeah we always have been women have been talking about sex but it's how we talk about it and what that looks like and if it feels genuine and authentic to our experience or are we just co-opting a form of oppression and putting that oppression onto us because to, for me it, it's starting to look like more of a trauma response and less like we're actually like truly enjoying what it is that we're saying and doing um so yeah Janelle is a good example of something that's a bit different than that um, I think that Victoria Monet is also pretty good. She did a music video called Moment. Just in general, Moment is a great single, but also the music video gives us something different. And yes, it seems like Victoria is probably straight, but the fact that even in the music video, there was a man, but the way it was portrayed was less pornographic. It was less like emphasis on body parts moving and and um in and out penetration and less less of that and more of moments more of intimacy connection that women are really aroused by women are really care more about intimacy they care more about connection i think even like visually the way that it's conveyed the experience seems like it's from a female perspective less on some of the parts and more of experience more of mood I think the way that she kind of the, the I guess her team the way they portrayed the mood and the setting of sex felt very sensual and even you know the way towards the end where it feels very clear she's centering the female experience of sex at the end you know the man is the one that's disposable the man is the one that sinks into the floor not her 
She has all these suitors, all these people that are interested in her and desiring of her, but she picks who she wants. She picks and she makes that choice for herself. So it's even in the way that it's shot, it's very clear that there are other men in the picture, but she disregards them when she no longer wants them. To me, that's more of like a more empowering stance to take because of the way that it's shot, because of the way it's directed, because of the way it's framed. It frames her sexuality as beautiful, as something that's that's awe-inspiring. It's like appreciating the beauty of Black women, appreciating the beauty of the female form, and it feels less grotesque and more picturesque, maybe? I think that we as Black women, maybe we should look at art and maybe aspire to art that's more idealistic and romantic and less hyper-realistic and gritty. Um, I don't know if that makes any sense because sometimes I feel like even the way that artistically people set a mood and they, they do certain lighting and certain shots can create a more picturesque, romanticized version of Black women. And I know that people find that really uncomfortable because when we think about that, we think about how white women have been romanticized and idealized and they were put on a pedestal to the point where it kind of dehumanized them. But I think for Black women, it's the reverse for us. I don't really think that romanticizing the, the the black female form is something that's going to hold us back. I actually think it kind of could move us more in the right direction when we start to reprogram ourselves to appreciate the right things about black women. So when we talk about beauty and sexuality, it's important to look at the female form and appreciate it for what it is, but also appreciate different body types and the way that, you know, women naturally move. I also think, you know, reprogramming ourselves to see more moments of intimacy and connection and less the end product. So when I think about end product, I think about in pornography, how it's so focused on like getting to the finish line, focused on getting the explosion at the end for the man, right? Less on how women experience sex, which women experience sex in waves. Like sometimes it's in waves, like even orgasms kind of tend to build on one another. So I think that like using this to kind of inform how we portray sex in media is really interesting. I think that's something we should probably do more of. And I think if black women are the focal points of these stories and in these narratives and, and the music and the songs, I think that would be kind of revolutionary for us because that for us would probably be more humanizing. I think we might have to get accustomed to the idea that our, I guess, way of, of looking at sex and relationships is probably going to be more humanizing and it's probably going to look different than what it would look like for white women and Asian women. Cause we all go through different experiences and we're combating different stereotypes. Um, before I ended uh, this episode, I wanted to tie in a relevant topic that I haven't talked about on the podcast, and that's like cuties. So for those of you who don't know what cuties was, cuties was a film, it was a French film, and it featured several girls of the age of 11 and two black girls. And so the whole point of the story is the main character is an 11 year old or 11, I think 11. She's an 11 year old black girl in France who is trying to cope with becoming a, a teenager. She's going through her changes. She's going through changes in her body, but also trying to cope with what it means to be a woman in society. And, you know, you see these sort of struggles that she goes through where in her family, because she's a child of an immigrant family, um, the immigrant family kind of gives her a more traditional view of how the culture wants her to assimilate into womanhood. So a lot of it is about, um, you know, her rejecting the traditionalism of her culture in a way because it kind of forces her into a neat little box that she doesn't appreciate. And the opposite of that, she she tries to rebel against this by going way left 
and starts joining this like little dance group of girls who basically sexualize themselves. They're like 11 year olds, but they're doing very sexually suggestive moves. And so in the movie, you can see her try to reject that traditionalist view of what women are supposed to be as symbolized by this dress, this traditional style dress for her culture. I think her culture was Moroccan. So she rejected that to put on some, you know, some short shorts and a crop top and with some eyeliner and some makeup so she could dance and feel free. And so she, you know, she gets this sort of sense of freedom and liberation by acting and behaving like in a more adult version of herself. So when these girls get together and they do these dance practices and they start wearing these clothes, they get to sort of aspire to the type of woman they, they look at. So eventually these girls go and perform in public and they, they realize that at least the main character realizes that what she's doing doesn't resonate with her true self. Um, and I think that that story is, is really relevant to this conversation because it kind of shows you, even in the movie, how women in media are used as like objects of desire. And there's even a scene where you see the main character watch this more sexually explicit music video showing women shaking their butts and doing other things. And so she starts to see that and think that that is what womanhood looks like or could look like for her. And maybe since it's the exact opposite of the way that she was raised, she embraces that fully because it makes her feel more seen. It makes her feel more liberated. And she felt kind of constricted by her mom's culture. And you can even see in the movie how like she witnessed how the culture was harming her mother, that that culture of misogyny within the, I guess, the African culture that her family is, is a part of, how that was damaging for her mother. And so I think that the rebellion of that was to embrace what those little girls were doing in her age group, to embrace wearing short shorts and crop tops and makeup and whatever else, adultifying herself. Um, and I think that what the film was trying to show us is what little young girls who are, I guess, aware and tapped into culture, what they're feeling, what they could be feeling right now. I know it's a French film, but I think in America, the same concept applies. Like the idea that young girls are growing up watching Cardi B and Meg The Stallion and Flo Millie and all these other Black women dancing and performing and stuff. And so whether we want to admit it or not, these young women look up to these women at the end of the day. These young girls, they see black women like themselves doing and acting in certain ways. And they think they start to believe that maybe this is what womanhood is. And maybe this is liberation. You know, when you're 11 years old, you're coming into yourself, you're, you know, becoming a teenager, you're starting that process of puberty. And so when you, you know, especially if you're straight, if you like boys, you want the attention from boys and you think that that empowerment comes from owning your sexuality in a very specific way that only benefits the boys and it doesn't quite benefit you in the same way. And so you can kind of see how the main character struggles with this because she wants that attention and she desires that. She wants to feel included. She wants to feel accepted. And she thinks that maybe if I embrace this in a very specific way, I will feel that acceptance. I will feel included and I will be appreciated. But she doesn't actually feel that way. She It actually becomes more grotesque to her. And by the end of the film, she sees how grotesque this whole scene is. She sees how people are disgusted by 11-year-olds dancing and behaving this way. And it kind of makes her realize that this is not what she truly wanted. This is not the liberation that she asked for. This is what she. This is not the feeling that she was aspiring for. Um, and I think that when we have this conversation about how mass media affects young people and young women... I, you know, I don't know why we won't hold artists accountable for this. I think it's kind of dumb, especially since we claim representation is important. Well, who is the representation important for? 
Is it just important just to say it's important? Who is the representation for? It's for the young black children growing up so they can see a version of themselves in media too. But if young black women, all they really see is shaking ass, they're going to think that that's what they have to do to be loved, to be seen and to be appreciated because we're not showing them anything different. And my, my fear is that black girls are going to grow up and they're going to start to commodify themselves and interpret their trauma in one very specific way that can harm them even more. You know, and I, I have to be honest, especially when we think about so many young black girls who are sexualized at very young ages, who are abused. I think it's like, what, six out of 10, I believe. It might, I might be wrong, but I think it's six out of 10 black girls are assaulted before the age of 18. So really, it could be a trauma response for some of these girls, but generally speaking, they're all growing up in this culture that hypersexualizes women and specifically black women. And I can't help but feel like in that movie, you know, the, the, the director was trying to show us ourselves and show us how we put these girls in a very harmful position because we're only, we're adultifying them. We're adultifying them and removing their innocence from them. We're telling them to be something and to do something, to act in ways that benefit and serve men within our culture. But also when it comes to sexuality, act in, in, and behave in ways that only benefit the men, but don't benefit us or humanize us. And so I think that, you know, when I think about how black girls probably interpret what's happening around them, I can only imagine they're probably feeling like this is what we have to do. And this is what womanhood looks like. And this is how I'm going to feel empowered. And this is how I'm going to take ownership of things. And honestly, it could be very harmful. And I think it's, it's, it's really dishonest to say that women in culture don't push the culture forward in a certain direction. That's why I feel so exploitative because I don't know if given what I just said that Megan Thee Stallion and Cardi B would make the same choices knowing that this impacts young women and it impacts the culture in a very specific way. If, if maybe they may, but maybe they wouldn't. Maybe a lot of this stuff is pushed by their labels and it's not something they truly want to do. What if it's not something that, this, that they truly want to do? Maybe they love talking about sex. Maybe they love the, the empowerment of that, but maybe they would show it differently. If they would make different choices, given the opportunity, that shows you it's more exploitative than empowering. And if that's the case, we need to stop trying to paint something like this as empowering just because women are talking about sex and consider the context and how you know it affects that demographic specifically. So anyway, I wanted to tie in the cuties element just because I wanted to point out that younger people are watching us. And as an older black woman, and I'm not even old, but in my 20s, I'm in my mid-20s, there are Black girls coming up behind me, 18, 19 years old. And I think the conversations that we have around sexuality, around liberation, around empowerment matter because these young women are listening to us and we can help them avoid some of the mistakes that we made, see exploitation when it's happening and run away from it. But we can only have those conversations if we're honest. And I think a lot of Black women are, are, their voices are being muffled because the media wants to paint a very specific narrative about black women and our engagement in this in, in, engagement in this system. And I think that they want the, the public to truly believe that all black women are feeling supported and heard instead of feeling exploited and disgusted. And I think a lot of black women are starting to feel like we're not being seen. We're not being heard. Our voices are being like silenced to promote a very specific narrative that serves larger corporations and not the interest of black women collectively. And I think that we just have to combat that by being loud and vocal when we see something that we don't like, when we feel exploited, when we feel like we're not seen. Because the younger Black girls, are they're, they're watching us. 
And I think that it does make me feel a bit more responsible with my own content. Because at the very least, if there was a young black girl listening to my stuff, I want her to at least feel empowered and to make her think about things differently. So maybe she can avoid making some of the mistakes I made. You know, that kind of responsibility is not something that we should shy away from as content creators, as artists, as musicians. It's something we should embrace because we're literally, we're representing what we wanted to see when we were younger. And we're setting up the next generation to take the baton and push, you know, culture forward. So anyway, um, thanks for engaging with me in this conversation. Hopefully what I'm saying is kind of making sense. You know, hopefully I'm articulating this in the way that you guys can understand. But anyway, um, I hope you have a great day and I'll see you in the next episode.